0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: If you'll pull out your little outline in your folder there, in your Bibles, and you might want to follow along because I'm going to give a little bit different message. I'm stepping away from our verse-by-verse study of 1 Peter because we're doing a two-week emphasis on a ministry fair. But to do that, I wanted to also explain to all of us from a biblical perspective the importance of being involved in ministry. Now, those of you that were able to receive one of our worship folders and in it had that outline, you probably noticed that on the outside up corner of that outline was a piece of a puzzle there how many of you have one of those how many of it already unstuck and fell off All right, you got them there they're probably on the floor in front of you but you've seen them and the reason I did that is because I'm gonna be talking about how that each one of you would be like a puzzle piece and that the Lord has a beautiful picture that he wants to use in our church to help reach others for his glory and that each one of us has a part to play in it and so I thought what I might do is give you five minutes now to take your puzzle piece out and find the people in the church and connect your puzzle to them Now relax, they're from two different puzzles, they won't match anyway, but I think you got the idea. Now I gave you a very sterile but very practical title which is We Were Made for Good Works and I'll explain that in a moment. There are two other titles I could have easily given to this message and they would have been just about the same and I hope maybe you could track with it. One of them would be called Solving the People Puzzle. Not the people problems, but the people puzzle. That's right, each one of you have been designed by God, divinely designed by God to fit into his body, to bring glory to him, and so to figure out how we fit in, we could talk about that in the message. Another title I could have given would be for those of you that love tennis or maybe enjoy some kind of a sport where you have to serve. And I was going to call it improving your serve. Not implying that you don't have a good serve, but just, you know, good, better, best, to get it a little bit further down the road, to make it a little bit better. How can we, as Christians, improve our serve? So whatever one of those three titles you like, there is only one big picture in the message this morning. And the big picture is this. For those of you who know Christ as your Savior, God has given you a spiritual gift and has hardwired you for the purpose of bringing glory to Him by reaching out in ministry to other people. Now, that's the big picture, simple as that. Now, when I speak to that, I know that I'm speaking to two audiences, especially since this is going on radio. The two audiences, one would be those who know for sure they're going to heaven when they die. The second would be those that are on some kind of a journey or may not even know that they haven't trusted Christ as Savior. They're not on their journey to heaven. So I'm speaking to two groups. And maybe you know what group you're in. You're in the group that says, I've trusted Christ, I'm in. Others of you are saying, I'm not there yet, but I'm pretty close. So I have a lot of questions and I'm on the outside. So here's where we are in the message to these two groups. I want you to know up front as I launch into this, that I'm specifically speaking to those who already know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because we're going to talk about our role in the body of Christ, bringing glory to Him. But those of you who are not in this faith family, I don't mean as a member, but in God's family, I don't want you to feel left out because you are in this message as well. We're going to call you the recipient of what these folks are going to now do because they love you and perhaps somewhere you then will become a believer in Christ and you'll own this message to do this with someone else. So I do want to talk about ministry. Now to do this before I get into it, I want those that are guests here to know that this message is not born out of a motivation to flog our people to get them to do more work. They're not doing enough, they're lazy, few people are doing the work. This is not where we're drawn. This ministry fair was not designed to manipulate people or maybe um, to intimidate some people to get involved in more ministry. So let me explain to you from the outset why are we doing this ministry fair. Well one of the reasons and I think is the most important one, at least the reason I would be doing this fair and I would want a display in there, is because I want anyone who would come into the room to see my display, to see what is God doing in my life and with the people God has called me primarily to serve. I want them to see God in God's action through other people. The second might be because there's some of you that are saying, you know, I do want to do a little bit more, but I don't know what to begin. I don't know where to start. And so maybe out of curiosity and interest, I'll go and see what's happening. And then there could be some of you, another reason to do this, you're going to go into that room and you're going to say, hmm, you know, I don't see a ministry here that I think this church should have. And maybe I could bring that to the table. I could be one of the pieces of a puzzle that's going to fit where there's an empty piece in that beautiful picture at International, wherever it might be. So that's the reason we're doing this, is to show the glory of God in what he's doing and also to give you an opportunity to serve him in a capacity of serving others. Now I know this morning's introduction is going to take me a little bit longer because I want to disarm some others of you. Some of you might hear this because I'm going to be talking about getting more involved, getting into a ministry. What's the difference between mission and ministry? I know that some of you could throw up a wall for a moment and say, I am already so busy and that pastor wants me to just do more and more and more. That is the furthest from me. I am not at all your judge. I love you. My desire is to help you to have an intimate walk with God so that you can, with good sense and good thinking and priorities, know what you're called to do, how to do it, and be able to be disciplined enough by His power to live out a calendar schedule for what you can do. And so it's not to flog any of you. On the other hand, for those of you that are out here that are saying, I'm involved in ministry, and I think it'd be fun to have others kind of partner with me and let's serve the Lord together. There may be a few people out there that they're not the kind that will go into ministry just because you announce it. They might need to be taught what the Bible does have to say about ministry. And to those type of people, I'm more instructing you at all than ever putting you on a guilt trip or flogging you in any way. In fact, I can honestly tell you, really honestly, not just frankly, I am blessed to be in a church where I'm so close to you rather than a big mega church in the sense that I see so many of you working so hard to do so many different things. So now let me frame for you in a bigger picture a little bit about the balance that goes on. First of all, let me talk about ministry and mission. Now, I don't know that this is going to be a theological distinction, but I think it's enough to maybe help you to think a little bit. When I'll be referring to ministry now, I'm going to be more specifically talking about the ministry that you have to the lives of other believers to help them in some measure to fulfill God's calling in their life as a believer. So ministry is believer to believer in some measure, whatever that might be. Mission, I'm going to use that to explain that that's more of our mission in life to help unsaved people somewhere in their journey find the Lord and then come to faith in Jesus Christ. So that's a mission. And that's perhaps for sure another message. So today we're going to talk about ministry. Now continue to keep you balanced a little bit there are some people that will resonate with big events in crowds, in people things where that the ministry is really with a lot going on. There are others that are more wired that would rather not to do that. They're more wired to say I work better by investing my life one person at a time. Now I don't mean to sit down and have some tea and sympathy with them Uh, that's good to do but that's so far the very front end of it but the kind of person that says I'll invest my life I will write emails. I'll talk to them. I'll stay in touch with them. I will connect with them. I will follow them on their journey and help them more one on one. Maybe an illustration would help. I had a phone call in this last month from someone who you could tell is a little bit quieter, is not the kind of person for the razzle dazzle ministries that sometimes we have around here, which they're all good. They called me and said, Pastor, I would like to know if there's anyone that needs a special word from the Lord like counseling or encouragement or some, someone who needs a love touch from God through me and through this word, I would like to do it. An authentic Christian knows about a separated life, knows the balance between men and women and all of that, but felt they would be more comfortable in a quieter setting. I want you to know that if they're de- designed that way by God they are, and they do that, then they're fulfilling a ministry so it doesn't have to be in the big things of life. Secondly, Besides all the big ministries, some like it, where that they look at it as a more formal versus an informal. Formal would be it starts and stops. It has this as their theme. This is their purpose statement for that ministry. That's a formal structured setting. Those are healthy. Those are good. They're measurable, etc. Then you have those that like something that's a little bit more informal. Informal might mean that they're not really ready yet to make a commitment long-term to that ministry, but they are ready to come and when they come they roll up their sleeves and for that one event, they're right there, they're there before the event, during the event, and they're the last ones to leave. They do it a little bit more informally in the sense that they don't have to sign up to be on any major long-term roster. That would be the case as well. And there's one more. And that would be that there are some people that want to do ministry that we'll call in the season. Now there are some that have a flexibility in their life where they could do a lot more. For example, Stan and Carol, We don't have children here, we don't have grandkids, we don't have older adult kids, we don't have extended family on the island. So if you see us busier than others, I have to tell you that we're probably not your best model because unrealistically, we are to you because realistically you have more connections here as far as family than we would that would demand your and obligate you and responsibly keep you touching their lives as well. Well we have more freedom to come and go. We're at this season in life. At the same time, I won't speak for Carol, but I am getting older. And so there are certain things as you get older that you can't normally do when you are much younger or do it in any way without embarrassing the people that you're with or the Lord. So, that being the case, there could be different seasons. Now, let's be more objective or more realistic even than that. Some of you ladies will have children, and you're going to be a, 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 a pregnant mother and, and with a newborn and a very young child. And when you have that, you have a season there. And so that season is going to require a little bit more attention to that situation, especially if you have multiple kids in the family. So, you have that as your primary ministry. Now, most of you are probably breathing a sigh of, well, that feels really good. I'm glad. The pressure is really off. Now, I wanted to take the pressure off, but I also want to caution you that sometimes when there's a little bit of pressure off or all the pressure's off, that's when Satan could come in immediately and say, okay, sit back, relax. And all of a sudden, I could have given Satan some truth that will spin into a lie that you now will business as usual. And maybe what you need to do is to say, I'm glad the pressure's off, but I do know this. The pastor, through the word of God, has caused me to go back to the Lord one more time and ask him sincerely, am I in a place in my Christian life doing and serving where I should serve to the extent that I'm serving at this point? Now, for a person to do that, it's going to require someone who is, first of all, secure in themselves and humble enough to basically say, Lord, okay, I I want to just put put it on the back burner for a second. I want you to rewrite my life right now to make sure I'm right on the right page and objectively go through it and talk to a spiritual, spiritually minded person, a trusted friend who really knows you to maybe go back over that again. Now, if you're thinking I'm speaking right to you, I am speaking to everybody, but I'm not telling you to go do more. I'm just saying, are we doing what God wants us to do to the level of ministry in our life? Are you with me so far? Gonna give you one little back door. Some of you, and I have nobody in mind specifically yet, maybe never, But there could be some of you, you don't need to step up, you need to step back a little bit. Now don't think I'm picking on anybody. All I'm doing is trying to tell you as humbly and as objectively as a pastor possibly could that you would really seek what does God want you to do and do it heartily as unto the Lord. And make sure you are right where you should be in serving Him in ministry. And so now with that in mind, I know this is going to be a different message than normal. If you were to come to our Discover International you would now get a little bit of what I'm going to share with you. We've had two false starts because we wanted to have it but because of the uh, uh, situations in people's lives we had to postpone it. The next one is the last Sunday of August. Now coming back to this, I wanted you to know how did God set the stage because listen carefully each one of us have been designed by God, God has brought us into this world, he has a purpose for which we should fulfill. And it's His will for our life, so we need to discover what that is and then do it whatever the cost. So there's a purpose. I think you know enough that's the case. You're not a snowflake in the blizzard of humanity. God does have a purpose. I know, love God, hate Satan, all that. But specifically, there's something God has called you to do. There's something He wants you to do at this season in your life. That being said, God also does that with a church. He gives the church what is their purpose. And our purpose is going to be, honestly, things that will bring glory to Him. But when I say that, it helps for people to have it a little bit more defined. So long before I got here, this church prayed, they talked, they worked hard to come up with some form of a purpose statement. I looked at it before I came because most of you know that I am pretty much a, um, a person that has not only values, but, but more than that, I, I know what God has called me to do and I don't want to get too sidetracked knowingly. All right, And so when I saw this, I thought this would be a good fit for me. So would you mind if I just read this because some of you want to know where are we as a church? What what should we be doing? Now instead of looking at it, I'm part of this team. I want you to say, is this purpose statement where I'm at in my life? Now we're not talking about if you're to be a butcher, baker, candlestick maker. It's more of what kind of a Christian you should be. So here it is, our purpose. In response to the greatness of God, International exists to change lives by leading people into an authentic growing relationship with Jesus Christ by faith alone in Christ and impacting our communities and the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I don't have time to redo this for you, you can get it off the tape or you can get it off our material when you come to the Discover class, but I wanted you to know because of God's greatness we now want to reach others, help them to grow in the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. Now that being said, the leadership team and you all voted to do this. We've reduced it into a, a simpler sentence, and it goes like this This means international is committed to include you in the family of God, build you to maturity in Christ, and commission you to serve. That's where you get your IBC. Include you in the family, build you to serve, commission you to uh, build you to maturity, commission you to serve. That's how we get the IBC part of it. Now to do that, that sounds good, but how do we do that? How do we commission you? How do we build you? What do we do? So now we've come up, and this has now come since I've been here. we put together what we call five objectives. Now I know this seems very technical, maybe you're going through tremendous problems at home, but understand that if we have a healthy church, we can then help it, help you in a better way as well. So let me give you our mission and our objectives. Our mission to do this is local and global. So what I'm about to tell you is to try to do this here, but also anywhere in the world we can, through our missionaries and through our own people going on a mission trip. So here it is. International wants to help non-Christians come to faith alone in Jesus Christ and to grow to become fully obedient worshipers of God. As simple as that. Now, we put down what we call five objectives And this is where you can take out your outline, because I'm going to give you these five. These five fit into what I just stated, but a little bit longer. It fits into the IBC statement, but it's a little bit more objective, so you can see it. It fits into our bigger mission statement, but it's still there for you to see. Easy to remember, so here they are. First of all, we want to exalt our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we do is to bring glory and honor unto Him. Secondly, and we're going to go quickly now. Secondly, we want to encourage participation in God's family. While we do strongly recommend and encourage membership, I didn't put that down there because I know some people can become a member of a church and never really be a member of God's forever family. They can be a member of a church as a name on a roster, but they're not a participating uh, person in the body to help grow. So we called it encourage participation in God's family. So membership is in there, but I want you to know it's more than that. It's encourage participation. The next is edified maturity we are wanting you to grow so if you look at our ministries you'll find that majority of what we do here is to help you grow in the Lord and when I say you it would be you and your family and kids. Number four is to equip you for ministry. This one is a little different in the sense that most churches leave this out of their purpose statement. I think this is here because I don't know how great of a leader I am I got a lot to learn believe me but I really have a a passion for leadership And because of that, I want to make sure we're learning how to do leadership because we can do all of this stuff, but if people attend a ministry but they never say, I'll be the point man because they don't know how to lead a ministry, you'll never have a ministry launched or sustainable because you don't have a person. Maybe I could say it more practically. hope it's not funny, but it's still true. If you have too many heads on a body, you have a monster. If you have no head on a body, you have a dead body. So every organization needs at least one leader. So we want to equip you to do that. And the last one is evangelize the world. And of course we believe we begin right here in our sanctuary on Sunday morning. And from here we go global. All right. So we want to evangelize the world. And that's our real desire to do that. Now I'm not going to unpack each one of those. But I want to say today my emphasis though is involvement in ministry. Now as I speak on the issue of involvement in ministry... If you talk to the majority of people that are in churches today, they would then say that an active member does two things. An active member attends church or some church-related function regularly. And number two, they give money to some extent on somewhat of a regular basis. So active means I attend and I give. Now, first of all, I want to tell you that that is great. If you just attend and don't give, it won't help. If you give but don't attend, you won't grow or help others to grow by your involvement. On the other hand, just attending and giving, if you will, step back with me for just a moment. If everybody logically embraced that as the foundational principle of church work, it would church would never exist. We would never function. Because if we all sat here, who would speak? Someone's got to. Who's going to sing? Someone's got to. Who's got to prepare the bulletin? Someone's got to. If all we did was give money, okay, let's say that uh, We just attended and gave money. We can hire other people to do it, but it still requires someone else that says, I'll even do it for the money. Now I hope that's not why you're here and why you serve. I don't think it is. We're doing it because our payment is going to be at the judgment seat of Christ when God looks at our heart for our reason and our faithfulness. And we did it out of love and His power, but He will reward us later rather than now. So I don't know where you are in your active membership role, but what I would like you to do is to think in terms, what can I do, whatever my age is, whatever my spiritual gift is, my heart is, my my abilities are, my personality, my experience, what can I do to go up a little bit more than just attending, and what could I do a little bit more than just giving? Now, if you're so far behind all of this, maybe some of you, your first step is going to be, I'm going to be here more than I've ever been before. I'm going to be more regular. And for you, that's your first step toward ministry, because even your body here encourages me and a whole lot of others. And maybe you're giving nothing, and maybe your first step is, I'm going to give, or maybe give a little bit more. Now, listen, guests that are here, listen, listen. Our church is doing well financially, because most of our people have owned what they're learning today from the Bible. God will always sustain His work if it's done godly unto Him in His timing. The reason we give is so that when we give it causes us to go to the Lord and say thank you for what you've done to us. We're giving back to you not because you need the money Lord but because you've done something for me and now we're going to trust you to replace what we've just given. So it builds a relationship upward and then those who receive the money will wisely invest the money in bringing glory to Him through building up the body and reaching lost souls. However, I want to take all of us because we are at a level to go up a little bit higher now. What can we do a little bit more than just attending and what can we do to give a little bit more than we have before because we want to grow, we want to stretch. Now, it's pretty much the responsibility of the spiritual leaders of the church and maybe I should say those that are maybe even appointed to do a couple of things. They need to enlist you in ministry. They need to um, equip you for ministry And then hopefully very soon, because you've been equipped, unleash you to do ministry. Maybe another way to say that is that we're to discover you, then help you discover your own gift, and then to deploy you to do other things for Him. So again, our job is to help you to get more involved in ministry. Now, you see an outline that looks pretty ambitious in front of you, but it's really not. They're going to go very quickly now. Most of this you already know, but I wanted you to know that there is a strong biblical basis for this message today. If you will, let's go to point number one, our mission for ministering to others. Number one is every minister is to be a believer. I'm going to assume now that you're saying as a Christian now that I want to get involved in ministry. So I put down in, in, in quotes there, minister it might help you for those of you that are on the outside looking in, when you see minister, we're not looking for reverend so-and-so, we're not looking for pastor so-and-so, the word minister primarily means to be a servant. Sometimes it's referred to as even as a deacon, a deacon serves, but serving is the idea. So every servant needs to be a believer. So let me go back full circle. We're not asking those who don't know Christ as Savior to serve, 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 hoping they might do enough so they can get to heaven. No, in order for you to do that, you need to know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. If you will look, look at the verse that I've left for you there at the top of your sheet. Here's what it says so you can clearly know that your good works won't get you in any way into heaven. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are now his workmanship, we are, once we trusted Christ. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now let me clarify a little phrase that I said there. I said, once we've trusted Christ. Now we already are his workmanship way before we've trusted Christ. But now once we've trusted Christ, we're to do these good works before we were ordained in it, we were ordained before in those good works. But we do it once we've trusted Christ as Savior. So here's my question to you, and I'd like you to raise your hand. How many of you are comfortable enough to raise your hand now to say, just by an uplifted hand, I know I'm going to heaven because I placed my faith alone in Christ and it wasn't by my good deeds that will get me to heaven. Would you raise your hand? Okay. Now that would say that all of us, just from this one point right here, We have to be a believer. You have satisfied qualification number one out of a list of qualifications to be involved in ministry. Here's number two. Every believer is to be committed to the Lord. Every believer is to be committed to the Lord. This is so huge that this in itself deserves an entire message because this point that I'm about to make, I think intellectually we know this, But I think where we violate this point is we forget to go from the intellectual because we hear so much about ministries and signing people up and getting involved that pretty soon we get and we acquaint that if I'm working for God, that must mean I've committed myself to the Lord.
0: You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida.